Are you reading and hearing all sorts of conflicting information about AI, artificial intelligence, and wondering what impact that might have on you? Well, welcome to AI for Creatives, a podcast by creatives for creatives, connecting you to the world of AI, Web3, blockchain, and beyond. Join our hosts, Camila Sanders and Nova Lorraine, as we explore new ways AI empowers creatives and highlight leading industry innovators utilizing amazing new tools to pave the way for our future. Get inspired and educated by fellow creatives revolutionizing the industry and exemplifying new ways to gain creative independence and sovereignty. We aim to preserve humanity in this fast-evolving digital world, and creatives are a powerful force to do that. Be a part of the conversation as we take the reins of AI and shape a positive narrative for our future. Welcome to another episode of AI for Creatives, where we explore the intersection of creativity, innovation, and humanity. I'm your host, Nova Lorraine, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Camila Sanders. Hey, Camila. Hey. So today we're going to be talking about originality in the era of generative AI, but as it relates to fashion. And both of us are in the fashion industry, and we've been in this game for a very long time. Let's just put it like that. Long time, people. (laughs) Double digits, okay, in terms of years of experience. And we see where emerging technology has its advantages, but then also it's bringing equal challenges, not just to us in the fashion industry, but I think to all creatives in terms of keeping our works original and being able to not fall into the mundane, this, you know, as we are using AI tools, we're seeing works that look very similar. And so we're going to talk about and touch on not only the challenge, but then the opportunity that generative AI brings as it relates to fashion, the ethical considerations, as well as issues that are revolving around copyright and IP. So I'm super excited to be discussing this because again, I think it's something that is going to be relatable to all creatives and artists. But before we jump into that, we're going to discuss what we've been up to. And if you're new to our show, Camilla and I share what we've been up to in between episodes. And we keep you up to date on our crazy lives or exciting lives or chaotic lives, whatever you want to call it. We keep you plugged in. So Camilla, what have you been doing since the last time we spoke? So what have I not been doing? (laughs) It's a question because I feel like I've been doing everything, right? Um, No, I really feel I'm kind of excited because I feel like there's so much opportunity for partnership and collaboration. That is what I'm feeling Mm -hmm. like these past few weeks. And it's because I'm meeting new people. People are hopping on my calendar. I love it. Um, Whether it's, you know, internationally or locally. The other week I went to an event, a launch for a sustainable fashion brand, but they're also incorporating AI for their try-ons. And I met some cool people there. So it's just about all this like cross-sector collaboration and I love it. And then also I work with the organization called Catalyst 2030, Mm -hmm. and that's a global organization of 
uh, basically social impact organizations, right? Mm. And off of off of any type of sector, but I helped to chair the sustainable fashion collaboration there. So we're getting people together to be able to tell their stories and to share resources and collaborate. And it's really focused on a systems change perspective, right? So building that network of networks, networks of people um, that are coming together for a common cause to create a more sustainable ethical fashion industry. So I'm excited to be a part of that. I'm excited to share people's stories and foster collaboration. I love that. I, I remember a post that I did uh, earlier in the year, which is just a few weeks ago, because we're only in February, <laughs> about... 2024 being about community and collaboration. And I kid you not, just to echo on what you're sharing with me, that has been the every week experience that I've had since doing that post. And either reconnecting with artists and creatives that are in my network, or as you mentioned, meeting new and in, new individuals, being excited about new projects and how we can come together to help raise each other, to help inspire our mutual communities and, you know, grow new communities around the collaboration. And I do feel that's going to foster this new economy, you know, new economy of decentralization, of co-creation and, and, I think it also plays really well in our topic today as it relates to originality and the challenge and the opportunity. And I think a lot of opportunities are going to be within collaboration. So love all of what you shared. Yeah, I totally agree. Of course, my favorite SDG is SDG 17, Partnership for the Goals. So (laughs) Mm, I'm all about that. So what have you been up to? Oh, since the last time we've spoken, yeah, I think that was before Fashion Week, right? New York Fashion Week. So attended New York Fashion Week as well as Digital Fashion Week, and it was so inspiring. And you know, you kind of forget <laughs> like what you need until you get it sometimes, and I really needed that injection of being surrounded by creatives, artists, designers, marketers, media professionals, like all coming together, technologists, innovators, all coming together around the genre of fashion. And how can each of our talents enhance the industry, impact the consumer, create better stories? Uh, it's It was just everything that I needed. And then I met one of the House of Nova's new newest members, Pamela Morris James. And it was, again, just incredibly inspiring being with another new friend, but someone who I feel is truly part of my energetic tribe. And we shared so much in common. And she's also in the fashion space, a, an advocate for sustainability, an innovator, trailblazer, really passionate about empowering women, empowering diverse voices. And it was just a great time spending time with her and and doing Fashion Week with another mutually minded collective, House of Nova collective member. So that's what I've been up to. Other than that, I'm getting ready to 
launch a collaboration, speaking of collaborations, with the Marthaverse, and that's happening on the 16th of February. So depending on where you hear this, when you hear this, join us in the Marthaverse on Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern for this beautiful art walk that will benefit conservation around young elephants. You don't want to miss it. It's fashion, it's art, it's storytelling, it's it's inspiring. So I'm really looking forward to that collaboration. It will be an art walk with 12 exclusive pieces that were created with the intent to give a percentage of sales of the art to help around the conservation efforts of elephants. And the organization we're working with is out of South Africa. So that's what I've been up to. There's a whole lot of other things in the works. We'll talk about that next week. I want to jump into our episode today. And so as we said, we're talking about generative AI in this new era of fashion and how it's impacting the future of fashion. We know that AI is just a part of the technologies that are having an influence on this industry, Web3, which embodies a ton of other technologies, um, is also a big contributor to this evolution. I would love to hear your thoughts on how you feel AI and Web3 is coming together in the fashion industry. Yeah, I think it boils down to what we were talking about. (laughs) It's community, right? Um, it's connections, it's partnerships. And I always, you know, people sometimes like to focus on the technology, but I like to focus on what the results of the technology will be, right? And to me, this technology helps to break down barriers. It helps to connect people globally. It helps to connect people that maybe aren't able to go outside their house or go to another country or whatever that is. And so I think that that's where we're going to start to see an AI, Web3, just that different connection with different cultures and different people and and being able to experience another culture or another design or have access to someone that that is designing something totally different and collaborating with someone that's all the way across the globe and just doing things together in a partnership way. I think that's what I see. And I know that's kind of like abstract and touchy-feely, but I think that's what it boils down to. I love the fact that you're going (laughs) touchy-feely on where we're going and how these technologies impact us. I think that's an important aspect. The fact that we're more easily able to connect with individuals across the globe. It's not just through email and text messages. And to be able to have this visual component, you know, thanks to AR and VR and XR, all the R's, (laughs) spatial computing as it all is being lumped into this one category of spatial computing now. But then we have immersive environments, you know, thanks to Platforms such as Sandbox, Roblox, Unity, Unreal Engine, that's delivering these 3D experiences as well. And with these environments, we're going to need assets in those environments. And we're going to need a user experience that's easy. And we're going to also need more of it. And so the AI facilitates the 
production capability, the scalability brings down the barriers uh, around cost that, you know, are brought into a lot of these big ideas that may be brought forward. And it allows these ideas to come to life more quickly as well. I mean, look at the rapid acceleration of just 3D design. And we went from sketches to CADs, you know, computer-aided design, still in 2D to platforms such as Clo3D and Browseware that's giving us these three-dimensional avatars and wearable digital fashion assets. And now those are dynamic, you know, thanks to the technology. And now with generative AI, you can go from taking weeks, days to develop a three-dimensional item to hours or minutes and get it into the hands of your customer, get it into the hands of the buyer, get it into the hands of the marketer or your tech developer and more easily communicate with each other. And, you know, going back to your comments around sustainability in the beginning and all the work you're doing in the sustainable space, where we now can use the technology to truly implement sustainability, to advance circularity, you know, on the supply chain side of things, as it relates to water usage, as it relates to identifying sustainable manufacturers and materials to bring it down the cost of, of energy usage. I mean, that's just on the supply chain. And we haven't even touched workflows and project management and storytelling. So there's so many wonderful things as it relates to how the AI, how the XR, how the three-dimensional design technologies are impacting fashion, are impacting creativity. And so I'm super, super excited. You know, blockchain, for example, is another great tool. You know, we've seen the use cases around NFTs, and that's just one, right? You know, so when you're creating these digital contracts, may they be non-dynamic as it relates to changing or static contracts, we can pay our teams, we can create more sustainable ownership, you know, around the items and assets, which leads into IP protection, copyright protection, which are all being disrupted with AI, in particular, generative AI. And so these are just some things, you know, uh, examples and tools that are impacting the space in general. So let's move into creativity and originality. And I would love to hear from a sustainability angle, how you feel generative AI is going to really influence where sustainability is going. And now I almost feel, and I've heard someone say this literally yesterday, sustainability is a dirty word, don't use it. And it wasn't directed to me, but she was sharing a conversation that she was having with a colleague. And that's an issue. I mean, it's been thrown around a lot. We know there's been not the most ethical uses of the word sustainability hasn't played out as well as we would would have liked. So, but I would love to hear from you and being in the space, how do you feel generative AI is going to impact production methods or just whatever point of view you have, maybe from the creative side or the cultural side? Yeah, I think, um, you know, just a comment about sustainability is there is a lot of greenwashing that's happening. And that's basically where, 
a, you know, fast fashion brand will say that they're sustainable and they kind of just use that word as a marketing phrase. But when you look behind the curtain or look at what's really happening overall, they're still producing a lot, right? And they're not actually sustainable. And so I think that's why the person said that it's a dirty word. I mean, I still use it. I don't know what other word to use. What I would love, and I'm sure a lot of people will say this, is that we don't have to say sustainable, ethical fashion, that it's just fashion. And that's just the way that it's being produced. But you know, that was, you know, the way it was produced years and years, decades and decades ago. And now that's transformed. But as far as sustainability in AI goes, um, generative AI, I, I just love seeing people that either are designers and or are, you know, within the fashion industry and really have a creative eye to be able to generate these amazing looking designs, right? (laughs) And then they work with someone else to actually put it into production. But one of the things that um, AI generated designs do is they help you to test your product to your audience without having to actually produce anything, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can test what colors do people like? Do people even like this design at all? You know, you can get that feedback and then you don't have to produce anything. You don't have to do any samples. So it's cutting out on that process. But then also returns is a huge issue. I mean, if you ever bought something maybe online and you get it home and it doesn't fit right, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, another thing with AI is that you're also able to, you know, through e-commerce, be able to, your customers can get a body scan and they can figure out whether, how a garment is actually going to look on them, right? Mm -hmm. So AI can allow you to do that and then it reduces your returns, right? And so there's just so much technology. And I think it's, there's always been this weird divide between like brick and mortar, do you go in the store or buying virtual? And a lot of people buy virtual, but then there's a lot of returns. So it's kind of bridging that gap like we've never seen it before. And mm-hmm. I can just imagine, I mean, we talked about like Apple Vision Pro and being able to see things, augmented reality. Like I can imagine shopping online on some Web3 or, you know, AR experiences with different brands and trying on clothes in the comfort of your own home. Uh, But but it's another thing that it does too, though. I just mentioned fast fashion, but another thing that it does, it, it does help you to predict because AI is a bunch of data. So it helps to predict trends. It helps you to predict what sells. It helps you to um, say, okay, I'm not going to manufacture that because it's not selling. I'm going to come out with something else that is trendy, which Mm -hmm. a lot of fast fashion is. And that obviously helps the fast fashion brands be able to come out with new clothes like every single day, every single week. There's something new. It's just a whole bunch of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned like blockchain and NFTs. And I think that there's a huge issue with authenticity. And mm-hmm. st- you have mentioned like stealing uh, like a local designer's designs, right? That AI can do that. And a lot of these larger brands do that because they constantly need new ideas. Mm-hmm. And to me, if you're just spitting out trends, that's not 
what is innovative, right? Yeah. The, the real innovation in fashion comes from our own experiences in our mm-hmm. own head. And mm-hmm. it's not something that AI can duplicate. Mm-hmm. So I think that with these smaller designers that are really creating these groundbreaking things, that's where you go back to like blockchain and NFT and really having to validate the authenticity and securing that intellectual property for that brand so that we don't see these copycats. Mm, so many, there's so many things that you shared that I was like, yep, 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 yes, 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 yes. The virtual try-ons is huge, especially for anyone in e-commerce. And, you know, I, from day one with my collection, Nova Lorraine, focus on couture made to order. So I didn't necessarily have to deal with returns as early to fit because that was a problem I set out to deal with head on in my collection. But it is still very much a contributor to waste in fashion. And so these virtual try-ons as the technology improves is going to drastically reduce that showcasing ideas in digital form before getting them made physically and really amplifying the this return back to on-demand production. You know, when families had their grandmothers and mothers making their clothes, that's on-demand production. <laughs> when you're going to your local seamstress and tailor, that's on-demand production. You're going to wear whatever it is that person made for you. And so I do see that continuing to grow and increase. There is actually a, a manufacturing facility out of Detroit, Michigan, that is also looking to address that um, need in the market as it relates to on-demand production. There are a lot of micro factories, standalone micro factories, as well as factories that are producing micro factories within their original factory to also address the need for on-demand production thanks to digital fashion. So love that. You know, you talked about using your own perspective as an artist and creative to be the basis of bringing really innovative designs into the market and then using blockchain as a way of capturing the IP around that design to protect your creativity, to you know not only protect it, but as you're creating, especially in the digital space, you're developing assets that are part of you that individuals in your community are going to want to own. And some of them may only want to own the digital form. And and they want that. It's just like collecting a painting from your favorite artist and going back for, you know, something from an, a new edition. Is there's something about that artist that resonates with you and you want to bring that into your home. You want to have that around you because it resonates with you. So similarly, these are new opportunities for designers to take advantage of. And, you know, a lot of times when we think of originality and creativity, we think about the specific idea that's coming out of an individual's head and getting on the paper or getting on the computer screen. But what about using technology to differentiate yourself? What about combining mediums and combining tools? And so maybe you're a traditional fashion designer and you decide to get into animation and thanks to generative AI, you're using a tool like NVIDIA's Runway ML, because it's one of the more popular ones right now, but there's plenty out there. We discussed in one of our earlier episodes, but you're using a tool like NVIDIA ML, and now you're choosing to make all of your designs dynamic. And then 
you're getting a response from your audience and you're like, whoa, people really like this movement that I'm adding into my two-dimensional fashion pieces. What if I choose to sell these dynamic moving videos, essentially, of my fashion as a product? And now you've created a whole new pathway for your work. You are probably attracting customers that you wouldn't have attracted with just your physical item. You're contributing to this new ecosystem of eco-friendly product and fashion. And that wouldn't have been possible before combining your artistic talent with generative AI. And that's just one example of how you now can be more original, and it's harder to duplicate for someone else to duplicate your works because now you're combining your traditional skill set with generative AI. I'll use another example as well. Taking a tool like ChatGPT and mixing that with, let's say, Adobe. And ChatGPT is known typically for their text-to-text, but now they've combined Dolly, which is their image, text-to-image, image-to-image tool within their upgraded version of ChatGPT. And now you're using ChatGPT as an assistant, a design assistant, and you are getting ideas around maybe textiles, and you're allowing the image generator to show you these textiles in new silhouettes that you're thinking about. And you are now taking these new silhouettes that you're generating and you're creating, let's say, a new trend book. And you're taking the trend book and you're implementing or you're including that in your newsletter. And maybe you become a resource for your peers in addition to creating product for consumers. Again, there are so many ways that you can be original and creative with these emerging technologies that aren't obvious, that aren't just, how do I make this, you know, dress more original? How do I use cotton in a new way? There's so many ways of combining mediums and tools to stay original within this new era. Because if anyone has been paying attention to a lot of the product that's coming out with the generative AI tools, if we're just specifically speaking on the visual side of things, they tend to look similar. So unless you're developing your own style and training the ML, training the large language model around your personal style, what you're putting out there is going to look very similar to what anyone else can put out there. And so we're going to be forced very soon to find ways of of staying original, to find ways of creating something that is so unique that we can put in um, a protection, a copyright, or even a patent around it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's such a good point. I would like to ask you, Nova, though, you are, like, I look at your designs with the House of Nova, and they are, like, I can tell it's you. You have this, like, certain, I don't know, like, feeling that you get, this emotion that you get when you look at your designs, right? And so, like, from from your perspective, because, you know, you've long time been a fashion designer, and, of course, you use AI, use all of the Web3 tools. (laughs) Like, how do you maintain, like, how specifically do you maintain that voice and that originality in your work where, like, when I see something, I'm like, ooh, 
Nova must have created that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Okay. I well, one, thank you. I'm I'm excited to see that my aesthetic really is memorable and resonates with you and it evokes emotion. Like I was like, did you just say emotion? Yes. Whenever I'm creating something visually, I go into it with the intent that I want to evoke emotion. If I'm not moved by the image, then I can't expect anyone else to be moved by the image. And so I use that as a filter because there's so many really pretty things or unique things or out-of-the-box things that I create, but I need to feel like that ripple of excitement as I'm looking at it. And then I'm like, ooh, that's it. But I'm also coming from a perspective of storytelling as well. And so the story is the inspiration. And even if it's a textile or even if it's something from nature or it's a mood that I'm in, and, and I could get inspiration from anything, right? And so it's, what is the story around this mood? What is the story around this element of nature? You know, when I was creating the the elephant collection, I was inspired by the elephant, spending two days, you know, in South Africa with with the elephants. I was there for about 10 days, but at least two days there with with within their environment. And I was so moved. I was so touched by all that I learned, by what I was feeling. And I wanted to bring that home with me. I wanted to share that. And what better way to do that than through art, but not just any art. I also wanted to incorporate beautiful fashion and items that moved, that were dynamic, even in its 2D static form. And I wanted each item, each image to stand alone as a story in and of itself. And the story that came from this collection was protectors and female form, where what they were wearing also was inspired by their environment with colors and texture. And they're here to protect the earth. And part of the earth includes the animals on the earth. And and so the name of the collection is She Who Protects. But even the garments that these beautiful women that they're wearing are moving and are complex and there's layers within each of their garments as well. Because we as humans are complex. This story around conservation, the story around balancing our ecosystem and biodiversity and humanity and creativity and all of that is so complex. So I wanted each image to have those layers in it. So for me, what I do is I take advantage of the tools in a sense where it can allow me to bring my ideas to life more quickly, but it could allow me to add more dimension and layers within it. May it be around color, texture, silhouette, storytelling, and then how can I distribute that to an audience and how can I scale the amount of people that are being impacted by it? And then, so I'm taking generative AI and I'm taking fashion and I am taking 3D immersive environments and bringing them together, inspired by storytelling, inspired by nature, and telling this very immense story through these tools. And so using a platform like Spatial, collaborating with a creator like Dr. Martha Beckenfeld with the Marthaverse and bringing the art in there around an experience, you know, which is an art walk, and telling stories along the way as we walk and experience the art 
in this beautiful way. And so that's just one example of how I'm using technology, how I'm combining art with a medium such as fashion to be able to remain original, but the technology is also inspiring my creativity. It's giving me, it's, it's pushing me to expand my imagination and then to be able to share that with a larger community. Yeah. And you can just like hear the passion for this in your voice <laughs> and your words. And I'm like, okay, AI could not have created what, because <laughs> we just talked about that, right? You know, a, a, like just anyone messing around in generative AI or even just a AI, you know, machine just creating something and saying, hey, we think your customers will want to buy this. Like, that is not what's going on here, right? Mm-hmm. And all of this, I'm sure that if another designer that was just as passionate as you, they would come out with something totally different just because like you're coming at it from your own angle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps it original. Like there's there's that cannot be <laughs> cannot be copied, right? And I love because I always think of of like, you know, to me business, marketing, anything that you do that's creative is about like brainstorming and kind of bouncing off of other people and getting inspiration from different things. So I love it that you said that you're inspired by nature and then you're also the AI pushes you because you're inspired by, you know, what that creates and what you can create with that and say, oh, and just go a little bit further. Look at these different textiles. Like it's kind of like, you're having a, you know, inspiration brainstorming session, right? And it, it does push you. And so I think that that's, it's just, it's just so beautiful. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, even hearing what you're doing and what you're working on, you know, as you were, as you were speaking, all these ideas were coming to mind as well. And I think the point is, or one of the points or many points that we're bringing up today, but I think one of the points, you know, for creators and designers, artists that are listening is to dive in, pick just one tool that you want to play with. And that will lead you to another if you choose to go to another, but by diving in, not being afraid, you know, give yourself grace, like be patient with yourself, but find the time to learn the technology, and something that inspires you to. So for me, it's impact. I want to make impact. I want to inspire. I want to evoke emotion. I want to drive people to, you know, to experience the highest version of themselves, you know, and whatever that is to be able to accomplish their dreams and, and, and just be a happier human (laughs) while they're here on this earth. And so what drives you? What is your why? What inspires you? Is it food? You know, is it running? Is it textiles? Is it fine art? Is it space? You know, maybe it's children. There's so many angles. And then taking that thread of inspiration and saying, which of these tools can help me with this inspiration that can help me create X, whatever X is. For me, it's fashion, it's art. It's stories, but what is it for you? And then with that one tool, that's going to inspire so many other things. And maybe you're just using the tool to be more efficient. Maybe you just want to spend more time painting 
or more time recording music in the studio, more time playing the guitar, more time doing poetry, more time staying fit. And maybe it's simply just that. But because now that you have more time to do those other things, it's going to evoke more ideas, more originality. And so there are so many reasons why we can dive into these tools. But the key is to pick one, dive in, spend the time to learn, find a trusted resource. I have workshops, I'm launching a book, you know, I have podcasts, this is one of them, you know. If you want to listen to more, go to Pink Kangaroo, Kangaroo with a U. <laughs> you can tell I say that a lot. PinkKangaroo.com. You can find more podcasts, but find your trusted resource, channel, person, expert, thought leader to follow and learn from. And that maybe they will then guide you to the right tool. Reach out to them, develop a relationship with them. You know, I have a community. Camila has a community. We're, you know, great starting points. And so I would say, find a tool, you know, use that abundant mindset as opposed to fear mindset to get started. Give yourself the time to learn, you know, find trusted leaders to follow, to, to learn from books, podcasts, newsletters, whatever it is, a combination of, and then really come from a personal place, kind of put the blinders on, you know, would they have those the blinders on the horses where they could they're just forced to look forward because they can, you know, see around them. Put the blinders on so you're not feeling like you're competing with anyone. Because you have your own story, you have your own like own experience. And you're the only one that's work walking in your shoes. And that uniqueness is what is your gift. It's what's your superpower. So lean into that as you're creating. And that's how you future proof your originality and your creativity. Yeah. Usually like when I'm designing something or even when I'm writing something, like I will zone everything out. I won't take in any information. I won't look on social media because I just want that to be that raw creation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then once you get that raw creation out with whatever you think that is, that brainstorm by yourself out, those ideas. And then you can look at other things like AI to get more inspiration and even elevate that even more. So I think that's such a wonderful tool. And you know what's so inspiration to, inspirational to me is that all of this technology to do these things exists right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's so great. I wonder, you know, with everything that's going on, because we did we did go really touchy-feely like, oh, this is so great. You could do this, all these great things. And there's also, we talked a little bit about intellectual property, right? Mm-hmm. And ethics and things like that. So I just wonder what your point of view is as far as like, what is the future of all this? Even though like we're in a time where everything's happening so fast and these tools are available now, like what do you think we're going to see like, I don't know, 10, five years from now since everything's moving so fast? Like where do you think this is going? I love that question. I actually had that question presented to me um, when I was speaking at Digital Fashion Week in New York City at FIT, my alma mater. I really see... I see consumers being more intentional about what they're wearing, having a greater understanding of the impact of the textiles they're putting on their skin, the colors they're choosing each day, the silhouettes that they're wearing. I see 
consumers demanding more personalization um, from brands? You know, how can they really provide something to the consumer that's unique but resonates with them and who they are as a person? I see more dynamic fashion as it relates to textiles, where we're going to have more technology embedded in the textiles, where potentially what you're wearing, just like the mood ring from way back when, what you're wearing may change color based on your mood or may change patterns based on a click of a button, which we saw a great use case presented by Adobe just a few months ago. I see holograms being not just on, you know, in movies or only being experienced at, you know, events such as New York Fashion Week or Digital Fashion Week. I see them becoming a bigger part of our everyday lives and fashion designers using immersive technology and spatial computing as it relates to how they can stand apart, as it relates to what experience they're delivering through their fashions, through their wares. So I, I see fashion in general as becoming more experiential, more story-based, stories coming from the individual in terms of what they're presenting to the world as well as more dynamic stories coming from the creators, the artists, the brands that are providing the fashion to the consumers. And so we're, you know, if you're wearing your favorite Ray-Band or Apple Vision Pro or Meta 3 in whatever way it's going to show up, or if you're using, you know, a new device that's on your wrist or on your on your collar or part of your ring and you are again Maybe it's through your thoughts, maybe it's through a click of a button, through a movement, you're generating augmented reality images or holograms. We're just going to see everything become more dynamic, you know, stepping in and out of these immersive worlds and then seeing clothes change right in front of our eyes. That is so cool. And when you were saying about telling your story, like I just think of all these different designers that are, you know, local designers and they have these amazing stories, like whether they're in India or Ghana or Nigeria or, you know, or locally to the United States. Like there's so many great stories that people have of why they started, how they design, what their process is. And to be able to tell that and to be able to express themselves in multiple ways in experiential ways. And really, you know, we didn't, we should do a whole episode on fashion shows and AI, right? Um, Because it's nowadays, everything is an experience. And if you can give people something memorable, so storytelling, if you can tell your story, that's Mm. how people remember it. But if you can do some type of event that has these these holograms, you know, walking around and give them something that they never experienced before. Mm. It's it's an amazing way to tell your story and really show people the type of creativity that you have. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I think that's such a great point to end on where as it relates to originality and creativity And just looking at your personal story and how you can weave that into everything you touch, that can't be duplicated. And Or or yes, anyone can screenshot an image or look at your website and say, oh, I want it like that. But it's still not their story. And your story changes every single day, every time you show up, 
it changes. And then bringing that story with you and bringing your audience on that journey, that's something that someone else can't duplicate. And so I encourage you as a way to stay original, to not fall into the abyss of, you know, homogeneousness, <laughs> just create a whole new word, of looking like everyone else or, you know, as music continues to be created by AI, sounding like everything else, to ask yourself, how is my personal story being told with what I'm creating? And as I'm changing, am I allowing the story to change? Am I allowing new tools, you know, in my workflow, in my processes of creation and development, in my storytelling to also help me better execute on this vision? on distribution, on production, all of those things. So love that. I think that's a great, great tip to leave our audience with. Yeah, this was so much fun. I mean, I think, you know, with both of us being in fashion, both of us also, you know, straddling the line on other areas as well as relates to art and creativity that we can go on and on because we are passionate about protecting the industries that we're a part of. And although we're excited about the tools, we also can see the downsides, you know, around some very serious ethical aspects, biases that we touch on on almost every episode, the fact that everything looking the same, you know, all of that, and then just lack of access, you know, working on access so everyone can have the opportunity to take advantage of these tools as well. So there, there are a lot of things to consider as well in terms of the challenges. But again, if everyone is listening to, again, how do they combat what's coming, the elephant in the room, staying original, staying unique, then these are some great takeaways. Absolutely. Authenticity is how you impact the world. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when you were saying that, like share your creativity, like you need to share your creativity, your Mm. unique, authentic creativity, because that is how you make an impact. Ooh, I love that. You need to write that down. (laughs) (laughs) I hear a tagline. I don't know, but if you're not using it yet, you should use it. (laughs) Miss Branding Expert. Um, Dialing my trademark as we speak. (laughs) Actually, your bot is filing your trademark. Your AI agent is filing. Oh it. yeah, they already did it. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> oh man, I love it. All right, this is a great place to wrap up. Thank you so much, Camilla, for always like leaving me full after these conversations. Really enjoyed spending this time. Thank you to our listeners for joining us and staying tuned in. Thank you for sharing, downloading, subscribing. We are growing exponentially and it's because of you. So thank you for showing up for us for every episode. Again, this is AI for Creatives brought to you exclusively on the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. I am your host, Nova Lorraine. This is Camila Sanders. My lovely co-host. And until next time, ciao. Bye. Bye.